0: Maybe tomorrow. Thank you, Vikram. You have been most cooperative today. I couldn't ask for a more accommodating and obedient patient. If you continue this way, we'll quickly begin to see big improvements. Huh? said Vikram, looking blankly at R.C. What on earth was the man prattling about? Yes, distracted but cooperative. You were elsewhere in your mind today And since you were not focused on resisting me mentally, as you are every day, your body obediently followed my instructions. So it has been a most fruitful session. See you tomorrow. And Vikram, best you go off wherever it was tomorrow also. Your body and I get along fine without you. (laughs) R.C. laughed at his own joke as he prepared to leave. Wait, wait. Arsi, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Burst out Vikram impatiently, still disoriented. He'd been distracted during today's therapy session, that was true. And all this talk of resistance and cooperation was boggling him. I've been telling you for a long time that you are physically ready, but your will is blocking your progress. You have to trust me and submit to the regimen. Haven't I said that to you a hundred times?" Vikram nodded in agreement. Ravi Chandran was an excellent therapist, his hands having as much power to soothe as his pushing manner had to anger. He always carried an air of positivity. On his own bad days, and there had been plenty of those, that attitude had been particularly galling. And though R.C. was only there to help him, he'd often been uncooperative to the point of hostility. However much R.C. told him he could be better, he wouldn't let himself believe it. He wouldn't let himself hope. He'd lost too much. Despair and depression were his constant companions now, his faithful bedfellows. And hope was a dangerous interloper. What if he should befriend it again, and it were to let him down again? No, 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 he couldn't go down that black path again. Whatever small island of peace and solitude he'd put together, it had been hard fought for, and he wouldn't let R.C. or anyone else bring those crazy tempests back to its shores. And so he'd been doing exactly what Arcee said, resisting him with his will. Today, the block was gone. You've been looking out of that window the whole time and your mind is out there somewhere too busy to be here blocking your body. So I took full advantage of the situation and ran a small test. Every movement has been performed successfully and promptly and your body and I have made huge strides. I've confirmed what I've been saying all along. So, I don't want you here tomorrow or any other day. You can put your mind out of the window and go off wherever you want to. And after a few months, I will return your body to you in good working order. Confidence rang in R.C.'s voice and his eyes positively sparkled with triumph. Vikram could see that he meant all that and it was throwing him for a six. His body and good working order, was it achievable? He couldn't verify any of R.C.'s claims since he wasn't aware of the last hour. Yet R.C.'s glee told a story that needed examining. But hope was a destructive demon. Good working order Was that really possible in practicality? Or were they just placatory words spoken by an able-bodied man? He had to admit that wasn't R.C.'s usual style. He'd never been one for platitudes. He never muttered useless nothings like, it will be alright, or don't worry, or any of that meaningless claptrap. He'd always maintained that it would take a combination of technology his own therapeutic skills, a great deal of hard work from Vikram and above all, his positive will to achieve the target. But that it was a target that was within range given those circumstances. And he'd berated Vikram for not engaging that will, for not trusting, for not giving the therapy a chance. He didn't have the courage to hope. Good Working order? Was it possible that a time would come? With effort, patience, skill, technology and diligent cooperation true, but that it could come when his body would once again obey his commands? Each day of twenty-four torturous hours had become a misery to endure, and each tomorrow a torment to be dreaded. Into this dark bastion rode R.C. on a white charger, offering a treacherous hope. Could he again have the life he'd had before, which seen from this bleak, black, bottomless hole had been a miracle that he'd not even thought to appreciate? It was inconceivable. He didn't hear R.C. leave or acknowledge his farewell. His focus was still partially outside that window. Where was she? She was late. He'd only ever heard her voice. Every evening at around this time, she must live nearby. Her voice. It filled his head. Like a bird. Like a sparkling river. Like a cool breeze, fresh from the mountains. It rang with something that was now gone from his life and that something had swirled inside his head every day from the first day he'd heard her and he'd hated that unknown something and the person who brought its dangers back into his safe dark cocoon till it had steadily worn him down and he'd given in and sat himself down at the window today looking to get a glimpse of her to see if the person matched the voice. He'd heard her respond to Ganpat's greetings. He'd heard her asking after Dadaji and Dadiji. That was his Dada Dadi. And sometimes she asked about Ganpat's wife and daughters. And she spent some time every day petting the dogs he'd deduced from the whining and crooning sounds he'd heard. Every once in a while, she didn't come for a few days in a row and he'd started to observe a pattern before he even noticed he was doing so or that he was listening for her voice. After an absence, he'd hear Ganpat ask how she was that day, and she'd always say that she was much better, thank you, and change the topic or play with the dogs. Better from what? He'd just started asking himself, to which, of course, he had no answer as yet. He didn't even know who she was. All this happening just outside his window, and willy-nilly he'd found himself drawn into the intrigue. Who was the mystery girl with the bright voice and the sunny temperament? Where did she live? And what did she do? And what ailed her, making her worse and better periodically? He could hardly ask anyone that would unleash untold havoc. So he'd decided to try to find out for himself. And then R.C. had chosen exactly that time to make his appearance. Naturally, he couldn't tell him he was unavailable. And so he'd gone through with it. Physically present, but mentally, out at the front gate apparently. Which seemed to have brought R.C. great joy. He finally acknowledged that it was too late for her she wouldn't be coming. He felt an inordinate disappointment. Perhaps it wasn't one of her better days. As he pushed himself, mentally and physically, away from the window, it dawned on him that after a long, long time, he was feeling a flicker of something other than frustration or rage. It was just curiosity, he reassured himself, Nothing more than that. But he had to admit it was a change. All right. Maybe tomorrow.